good morning, PCPC. It's a, glad to be, I'm glad to be here with you. Uh, we have a, uh, today we swap pulpits, your pastor and I, and, and so he has the freedom of no time clock. <laughs> I told him he better not let them out too early. But my brother left the choir stand a few minutes ago and he said, preach what the Lord gave you to share to us. And he said, take your time. I said, you really don't want me to do that. <laughs> so we're going to practice. I need you to say amen right now. Amen. Now, what that means is that I'll understand what you, you'll understand, I know that you'll understand what I've been saying. And that makes me go quicker. So at least I got one amen from everyone this morning. Your pastor had, and I and Brother Julian, we have become great friends and I appreciate the relationship with both of them and with your pastor. And uh, I guess we trust each other to share with each other's congregation this morning. So I do count it a privilege to be here to share with you today. If you would stand with me for the reading of the word. From the book of Revelation, chapter four and five, let me read for your hearing. After this I looked, and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here. And I will show you what, you must, what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, one with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature, like a lion. The second living creature, like an ox. The third living creature with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature, like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures gave glory, give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you 
our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. And then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break the seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to scroll, open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the hand of him who was seated on the throne. And he who had the scroll, uh, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb and each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, number, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and glory and honor and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Now, when it takes me that long to read that much scripture, guaranteed my message probably is not that long. I can't preach all of that. I want to talk for a few moments about putting God in his place. In this text, we see God in his place. God is on his throne. Four living creatures around the throne. 24 elders falling down in worship and casting crowns the lion of the tribe of Judah, a lamb standing as though it had been slain, myriads of myriads and thousands upon thousands of angels, and every creature in heaven and on earth, everyone 
is in their place. God is in his place. The similarities with other, de the other descriptions given to those who caught a glimpse of the heavenly throne room are striking. The similarities are striking. In Isaiah 6, he says, Isaiah recounts his experience. He says, in the year that the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train of his robe filled the temple, and above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. And one called to the other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. In Daniel 7, Daniel says, as I looked, the thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. With his clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. His wheels were burning. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him, and thousands of thousands. God is in his place. Even in Ezekiel it says, I looked and behold, a stormy wind came out of the north and a great cloud with brightness and fire flashing forth continually and in the midst of the fire as it were a gleaming metal and from the midst of it came the likeness of four living creatures and this was their appearance, appearance, one a human likeness, another had four faces and each of them had four wings. God is in his place. The vision that I've shared this morning, these similar glimpses from Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, God is at the center. He is in his place. The living creatures surround him, and each one, there are thousands of angels crying out, holy, holy, holy. It's the same whether in Daniel, with Isaiah, Ezekiel, the court is in session, the elders stand there. But it seems that not only are the glimpses similar, the, the context during which each of these um, occurrences happen, the context is the same, similar in many ways. There's social and political and religious unrest. There's upheaval. It's uncertain times. When there's a need for order, for stability, for a rock to hold on to. When there's doubt among God's people, it seems, and their future, it seems that God gives a glimpse of his place. Our current political and social and religious context is very similar. Terrorism, both foreign and domestic, ISIS and Syria, all of those. And whether you felt it or not, the African American community did, Charleston, struck accord within us that's hard to explain if you have not felt it before. 
to go to worship and be concerned about your safety. Trumpism. Demagoguery. The Occupy Wall Street movement. The Black Lives Matter. The family structure seems to be shaken at its core. Gender issues up in the air. Our young people struggle emotionally and psychologically. I know I'm in a pulpit swap, so I'm gonna be free. Y'all don't have to have me back, I'm here now. <laughs> I have a place to preach. <laughs> the similarities from on this side of the river, on the other side of the river, are similar in ways that you may not recognize. Our young people struggle on both sides of the river. The well-off, they tell me, are stressed and miserable. Study after study, just as I have to pause here for our young people who have nice cars and clothes and good grades and access to health care, which may be missing on the other side of the river in this city, Yet they have higher rates of alcohol and drug abuse on average than poor kids and much higher rates in the national norm. I don't know if you knew that. Significant depression and anxiety, delinquent behaviors at a rate two to three times the national average. It seems that having the right car and the right house and the right education and all the things that others don't take for granted does not keep the hurt and the pain and the brokenness from revealing itself. But I come to tell you this morning, anytime the world gets seriously out of whack, God in times past gives his people an opportunity to put him in his place. He gives us a vision of the reality that we cannot see today. He opens the heavens and gives a glimpse of glory. Insight into his plan. He fast forwards the video to what the end is going to be like. He fast forwards the video. Where I come from, uh, well, you two, well, I'm, I'm aging myself, the VCR, now it's the DVR. We, we record, the brothers might record the, the football game or the basketball game so they know they can't get it, so they're going to record it so they're able to watch it. Sisters have, maybe have some show that they want to record so that they can watch it later. The story is told of one young man, um, after he recorded a football game, he tried to, to he, he found out who won the game. And if his team did not win, he did not watch the game. He didn't want to see it. But if his team did win the game, he would sit down in his chair and watch the game because he knew what the end was going to be. 
No matter how tough it might have looked, whether it's in the fourth quarter and there's 30 seconds left and his team is down by three, because he knew what the end was going to be. He knew, he watched the game because he knew his team would be victorious. I come to tell you this morning, Park Cities, that we are victorious today, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it may feel like in the society that we live in. God is in his place. And we have to play the video to the end. Sometimes we have to play it forward. And we, as a people, on this side of the river and the other side of the river, there's some of us that serve the same God. And worship, though we worship differently, in my, in my context, every now and then somebody will shout somewhere, or wave their hand. I've been looking all morning. <laughs> I got one, huh? Why? But you know what? I tell my folk, now I should, I, maybe I should say it here. I've never heard quiet praise. I've never heard a quiet shout. And the Bible is full of shouting and verbal praise. But because we worship differently does not mean that we serve somehow a different God, that somehow this God is, is separates himself on this side of the river from the other side of the river. He is the God of South Dallas. He is the God of Park Cities. He is the God of North Dallas. And as I read this text today, I read it, it, text says there's going to be a whole lot of saying holy, holy, holy from every tribe and every nation and every people. So what do we do? How do we put God in this place? I'm looking at my clock here because I'm going to For believers, we know the end of the story. God gets in his place, and he is there now. He has not abdicated the throne. We as a people have an obligation, though. We are called to put God in his place in our lives. God is not out of, God has not abdicated. God has not stepped aside. The question becomes, are we putting God in his rightful place? Have we put him on the throne of our hearts and minds? Have we given him priority in, our, in, in every aspect of our lives, not just this hour on Sunday morning, or in my case at Golden Gate, two hours? Recall, to worship. In every context, whether I read Daniel or Isaiah or Ezekiel, when, you, when, when, God, when they caught a glimpse of God in his place, on his throne, you know what they did? They worshiped. They bowed down. They, and the text says they cried out loudly with a voice, holy, holy, holy. I don't know how you can catch it in glimpse of God and not be humbled. You can't. Anyone, 
Even with an angel, y'all, excuse me, even when folk got an angel, they, the first thing out of the angel's mouth was always, fear not. We're called to worship. And somehow we are called to worship together. In our homes, in our jobs. If our worship, if God is in his place, he does not abdicate when we get to the house. He does not sit down. He does not abdicate when he gets on our job, when we conduct our business dealings, as we share with one another in the grocery store, on the street. God is always on the throne. And, we, and when we put him in his place, in every sphere and aspect of our lives, we're letting God know that we are honoring him, but we are also letting those people know that we are in contact with, that he is the priority in every area of our lives. Secondly, if we're going to put God in his place, we're going to have to connect with the true Jesus. Hear me. I like the way Kevin DeYoung puts it. There's a lot of Jesuses out there. Hear me out. There is the Democrat Jesus, who was against Wall Street, Walmart for reducing our carbon footprint and printing money. There's the Republican Jesus, who was against tax increases, activist judges, for family values, and owning firearms. This is the therapist Jesus who helps us cope with life problems, heals our past, tells us how valuable we are and not to be so hard on ourselves. There's the Starbucks Jesus <laughs> who drinks fair trade coffee, loves spiritual conversation, drives a hybrid, goes to film festival, festivals. There's the open-minded Jesus who loves everyone all the time, no matter what except for the people who are not as open-minded as he is. <laughs> There's the touchdown, the touchdown Jesus who helps athletes run faster, jump higher than non-Christians and determines the outcomes of Super Bowls. There's the martyr Jesus, a good man who died a cruel death so we could feel sorry for him. There's the gentle Jesus who was meek and mild with high cheekbones, flowing hair, and walks around barefoot wearing a sash while looking very German. <laughs> There's the hippie Jesus who teaches everyone to give, to give peace a chance, imagines a world without religion, and helps us remember that all you need is love. There's the yuppie Jesus who encourages us to teach, reach our full potential, reach for the stars, buy a boat. There's the spirituality Jesus who hates religion, churches, pastors, priests, and doctrine, and would rather have people out in nature finding the God within while listening to ambiguously spiritual music. There's the platitude Jesus, good for Christmas specials, Easter cantatas, greeting cards, and bad sermons inspiring people to believe in themselves. There's the revolutionary Jesus who teaches us to rebel against the status quo, stick, stick it to the man, blame things on the system, 
There's the guru Jesus, a wise and inspirational teacher who believes in you and helps you to find your center. There's a boyfriend Jesus. There's a good example Jesus. There's all kinds of Jesuses out here. But the Jesus that is at the center of this, this throne room is a lamb standing. What do you do with a lamb? Now, I can go with the lamb that's standing. I, got, I have struggles with the lamb that is standing, but it says it's standing as, as if it has been slain. A lamb. See, when there's chaos, you want order. When things are out of whack, you want structure. We want someone to come and straighten all things out and make all things well. But our God, at the center of the throne room, places his son, the lamb, standing as though it has been slain. In other words, this meek, mild lamb who conquered, not by his might, not by his privilege, not by his authority, but by his sacrifice, by his blood, by his death. And yet, he stands having died. Yet he stands having been buried. Yet he stands going through the grave, having gone through the grave and arisen. This is the Jesus that this world needs. This is the Jesus that a dying world is crying out for. So will you help me put Jesus in his place? Will you put God in his place? When God gets in his place, there are no walls and divisions. When God's in his place, there is no big I, no little you. When God is in his place, there is no racial, social, economic division. When you see me, you don't see a black man. You see a brother in Christ. Amen. When I see you, I don't see Caucasian. I see a brother and sister in Christ. But that only happens when God is in his place. Let's pray. For you we give, to you we give thanks. We give honor, we give glory. To you who sit on the throne, you are worthy, worthy, worthy. 
because you are worthy, we recognize our unworthiness. Please forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for being so tied to the world that we have failed to play it forward and remind ourselves what the end is going to look like. You on your throne, the four living creatures crying holy, the 24 elders casting their crowns, and all of heaven and earth crying out, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Make of us, do in us, what you will. Take out what needs to be taken out. Put in what you would have us to become. And may, before you return, we find in each other not what makes us different, what makes us one in you. Make that true and reality today. In the name of the one who died, Jesus the Christ, the Lamb, standing though it had been slain. In, Christ, in his name we pray. And the church said, amen. <laughs>